0: And the Extra Point is good.
1: Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Highly suggest that you download the KDOS 1060 app. Register Follow along with the listener reward opportunities. There's some hardwood tickets. The contest currently ongoing right now. They're pretty sweet hardwood tickets too. So that's over at KDOS 1060's app. It is Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro here with you on this Wednesday, November 22nd. And we're doing a special Friday spread edition on a Wednesday uh, as we're not going to be here Thursday and Friday due to the Thanksgiving holiday but uh, Von Hansen's meets and Spirits once again if you are new to what it is that we do Bob and I will go through and especially uh, there's lots to get into this particular weekend with it being rivalry weekend in college football and the Thanksgiving day after Thanksgiving and weekend slate of games in the NFL we'll dive into it all here uh, as you're listening you could be a winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. If you are the winner this particular uh, day, you also have to come with your bet. We are putting money on uh, the weekend bets, and we're hoping to have some money at uh, season's end for charity. We won last week. We're 8-4 on the season, so looking to put two wins in a row together. But let's get things started with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question who wins sunday in glendale between the cardinals and the rams and we are now officially in a 50 50 split here between the cardinals and the rams
0: yeah it seems like the you know the betting market is pretty close to a 50 50 split also this game is basically a pick em around the world at this point
1: absolutely and i want to say it even opened up cardinals as a one point underdog or one and a half point underdog and it's since right. flipped to them being a favorite
0: Which I don't quite understand because the Cardinals keep putting defensive players on IR every day, but that's how that goes. And Kyron Williams, who had over 100 yards in the second half the first time that they played this year, he's been activated from IR and he's expected to play against the Cardinals this weekend.
1: Yes, he's expected to play, uh, continuing to monitor the status of Cooper Cup, who injured his ankle in last week's contest against the Seahawks. Uh, but if he's unable to go, I mean, certainly Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell are uh, very good wide receivers that can uh, have a day against this Cardinals secondary.
0: That's true, if they have to. Remember, the last game was weird because it was a. Uh... Unusual Sean McVay tried to air it out in the first half game and uh, realized that this is pretty stupid. And then he just basically ran the ball almost every play in the second half, and Williams had over 100 yards in the second half, and they will outscore the Cardinals 20 to nothing after halftime when they just decided to run the ball.
1: Yeah, what was that uh, drive to start the third quarter where it was like eight or nine consecutive runs and they only had like one pass on the whole whole drive itself that resulted in a touchdown? Yeah, it was definitely the run game there. And to your point about defensive players for the Cardinals going on IR earlier this week, Lucky Foto, uh put on IR as was Kaiser White.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's just kind of – and White, I think, has been the Cardinals' best player this season, offense and defense. I think the only other guy you can make a really good case for or a case for, any case for is James Conner, but he missed four games uh, earlier this year. But, uh, you know, White, is, uh, he's been tremendous for them. Uh, basically, if it's a running play and he doesn't make the tackle, uh, often there's no tackle to be made until there's a substantial gain.
1: We will officially answer that question today around 1230. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. As we mentioned, it's rivalry week in college football. So who do you have Saturday in Tempe? ASU plus 10 and U of A minus 10 and Honestly, I was a little surprised that this line was sitting at 10 and I thought U of A would be a heavier favorite, but the masses are on the uh, U of A side of things at 55.6% of the vote. ASU sitting at 44.4%.
0: Well, the betting market has dictated this because this game has, earlier in the week it was 12, 13, depending on where you were looking. So now, you know, at last look, it seems like it's kind of a universal 10.5 as of a couple hours ago.
1: We'll also answer that question today around 1230. As I mentioned, Friday spread Wednesday edition, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay our friends a visit over at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Uh, this weekend, though, no weekend specials. I'm sure they have some holiday hours, so you'll want to make sure you give them a call or check out their website, vonhansensmeats.net, before you head on over. But they are getting prepared for the holidays, and who doesn't want to do the holidays with Von Hansen's Meats? and spirits as they have their famous certified angus beef prime rib bone in or boneless seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for all your holiday celebrations plus many more special orders give them a call 480-917-2525 visit von hansonsmeats.net or or over in person, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. We'll still have the $100 gift certificate a bit later on in today's program. Also, Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network, he's set to join us today at 12.15 for an NFL prop bet discussion. Plenty to get into, but first, let's go to the hardwood with the Phoenix Suns. Their in-season tournament hopes remain alive with a 120-107 to 107 win over the Trailblazers. And first, I know we've talked about this before, Bob, but I can't. I just cannot with these in-season tournament courts. It's too busy. It's too much. I don't like it. And I know that my opinion doesn't matter, but I just wanted to, to get that out there, that it's, it's hard to watch these games with these courts.
0: Well, it's hard to watch these games anywhere because it's before March and April or May when the playoffs start. So that's the first thing that's hard to watch because it doesn't matter. Uh, but I guess it does matter because they're gonna get money if they win the tournament. Which I guess I didn't even know the last uh, the last couple of days that the uh, the actual tournament itself is in Las Vegas.
1: Correct. It is in Las Vegas. Okay.
0: Um, oh, that would be great. Players would be out all night before the game, so that would be tremendous. <laughs>
1: Second takeaway from yesterday's game actually was on the Trailblazers side of things with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, He came out playing hard uh, with the Blazers in that first half. 7 of 11, 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. For the game, he ended up 9 of 14, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. So cooled off a bit there in the second half. But obviously the Blazers, uh, they just have 3 wins so far on the season. They are missing a couple of key players with some injuries already.
0: Yeah, they're starting backcourts out, including uh, you know, Henderson, the guy who was, what, second or third pick or whenever he got picked in the draft, uh, who played one year. He was in, just went from high school and played in the G League or whatever it was last year. But they're pathetic. I mean, they're really bad team. I mean, really, really bad. Uh, and they've, lost, they've now lost eight straight. They lost by 43 in the game before they played last night. They lost to Oklahoma City by 43 in their previous game.
1: Uh, as it is for the Suns, Kevin Durant now has 13 straight games where he scored at least 25 or more points as he added 31, 13 of 21, 9 assists. Devin Booker, 28 points, 9 of 26 assists. Jurkic, uh struggled a little bit there in the first half, settled in in the second half and ended up 7 of 11, 18 points, 12 rebounds. The Trailblazers, though, were able to go on a run to close the half. It was actually an 18-2 run, and at half it was 56-51, and this was all done against the Suns second unit and this is something that we've consistently seen so far in the early season
0: not gonna change I mean I've been saying for months that their bench sucks actually we were saying that the end of last year Uh, it's the reason that they lost the playoff series against the Nuggets when their starters were out there against the Nuggets starters Suns more than held their own but when the bench came out there and had to play at least a few minutes it didn't go well. And, in fact, uh, both games, uh, both uh, big leads last night were uh, basically blown when some bench players were out there. You know, they're going to have to do uh, some reinforcement work as far as their bench before the trade deadline. But these are things that I kind of thought before the season. You know, I thought that the Suns would just be, you know, they're so good in the regular season. Beal's not even playing and they can outscore these teams in a regular season. But they're not a good defensive team, even when their starters are out there. And their bench is terrible.
1: It's going to be a back-to-back for the Suns tonight. Uh, The Warriors are in town. It's an 8 p.m. contest on ESPN. The Warriors uh, had previously lost six in a row before they beat the Rockets here just recently. Chris Paul's 12 assists in that game as he was inserted into the starting lineup because of Draymond's suspension. Draymond will not be a part of tonight's game, still serving that five-game suspension, uh, but it is the Suns and the Warriors tonight. Curious to see if the Suns will do anything. There was like a, what, a 20-second video or something for DeAndre Ayton yesterday curious if there will be anything for Chris Paul tonight
0: I would hope so but you know it's a you know, new ownership and you know I guess you know they didn't want Chris Paul as part of the of their current fantasy basketball team which is what they are
1: the other thing about the Suns uh, so tonight's game is not part of the in-season tournament Friday's game is part of the in-season tournament where they'll play in Memphis uh, and not only is record important but apparently so too is point differential. So they are going to need to essentially crush Memphis in order to continue on making it into the in-season tournament. The Lakers have already clinched the West Group A at 4-0. Then in addition to that, the Pacers have clinched their East Group A. But my word, somehow a regular season game that did not go into overtime last night uh, resulted in the Pacers scoring 157 points and the Hawks scoring 152 points.
0: Okay, congratulations to the Pacers, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, good for them, but, I mean, wow, that's that's getting a little silly, don't you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, an NBA game in November. Silly is a good term.
1: Well, we will curtail our nba conversation for now because on the other side of the break we will dive heavy into college football friday spread wednesday edition and uh we'll get things started with the egg bowl they're playing on thanksgiving ole miss mississippi state that's the first game on the docket as we dive into rivalry week in addition to that we'll also touch on the nfl slate of action and we'll also make room for brian bluis of Pro Football Network joining us around 12.15 today to dive into the prop bet market. Plenty to get into, plus the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. It is Wednesday. It is November 22nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 p.m. today. Back after this.
0: Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number 2. 1119
1: here on KDUS AM 1060, as always online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app. It is the extra point on this Wednesday, November 22nd. We're doing a Friday spread Wednesday edition. Our friends, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's is currently taking orders for their famous certified Angus beef prime rib, bone-in or boneless, seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for all your holiday celebrations. Plus, if you have any special orders, they'll handle that too. Give them a call 480-917-2525, vonhansensmeats.net. They're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler let's dive right in to the college football rivalry weekend here and we'll start with Ole Miss and Mississippi State Ole Miss minus 10 Mississippi State plus 10 over under sitting at 55 and a half Thanksgiving egg bowl it's the 32nd time in its history being played on Thanksgiving Ole Miss is looking for just its second 10 win regular season Ole Miss lost last year, has lost three of the last five meetings. However, Mississippi State is coming off of firing their head coach, Zach Arnett. Uh, Mississippi State, though, I, I don't know if they have enough offense to keep pace here.
0: Well, they did get uh, Will Rogers, the quarterback, did come back last week. So he, he missed several games in a row. And, you know, they, got, uh, they also played one of those inferior opponents like SEC teams usually do last week. Before their big rivalry games, so they end up winning. But uh, I don't have much to offer in this game. The only thing I, you know, when I see Old Miss or, you know, see Old Miss and Mississippi State in the schedule, two or three years ago, the only thing I can really remember about, uh, you yeah, know, I'm usually checked out by uh, the time this game starts for, uh, you know, purposes, you know, either maybe had a little too much to drink back in my drinking days or too much to eat, and I'm still eating, so that might be the case tomorrow. But uh I don't even remember which player it was or which team it was. Uh but the guy that like tried to do he they scored a touchdown and he tried to mock a dog, a dog urinating in the yard. He did it in the end zone and got penalized for it and they lost the game because of that.
1: Yes, that was a couple of years ago. Um yeah, it was. Like you said,
0: I only I care so much about this series. I don't remember which team it was, but I remember the incident. It
1: was all. It was an Ole Miss player. Um, I oh, just okay. don't know I, his I,
0: name. That, that I couldn't even remember which team it was. So Actually, I it was remembered. Elijah Moore. It was. Yeah. Oh, I know. Who he, I know who he is now. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, he made a big catch last week for the Browns. Yeah. So
1: uh moving on here iowa and nebraska uh we'll just briefly go through this one here Uh, iowa plus two and a half nebraska minus two and a half the over under i just continue to marvel at these over unders going lower and lower 25 and a half over on the FanDuel sportsbook app iowa has already clinched the big 10 west a loss for nebraska leaves them on the outside looking in for a bowl game Iowa is allowing 12.36 points per game. Meanwhile, Nebraska is allowing 18.73 points per game. Nebraska is starting Chuba Purdy, which is Brock Purdy's brother. It's the third starting quarterback for Nebraska this year. Last year was his fir- or excuse me, last game was his first start. He was 15 of 24, 169 yards, one touchdown and one pick.
0: He should have been their quarterback all along. He's better than the other two guys they've out there, Sims and I forgot the other kid's name. Uh, But, you know, Nebraska three weeks ago looked like they were the frontrunner to be the representative in the Big Ten championship game. They've lost three straight since then. They are all by one score. Uh, They also lost seven straight in this uh, – well, they had lost seven straight in this series uh, against Iowa before they actually beat them last year. Iowa's defense, not just this year, but if you go back to their last 21 games played, they've allowed one touchdown or fewer – this year, they've allowed a grand total of ten touchdowns and eight Big Ten conference games. Now, granted, they didn't play Michigan or Ohio State, and they're not cross division, but you know their defense and their special teams have been spectacular. Uh, arguably, I, I would say I don't know if this is a, somebody I don't somebody I'm sure some metric keeps track of this, but just you know watching college football every week for the last you know twelve thirteen weeks, Iowa and Florida State, it seems to me have the most. Uh, game-changing or game-altering special teams plays this year
1: tcu and oklahoma tcu minus uh, excuse me tcu plus nine and a half oklahoma minus nine and a half over under sitting at 63 and a half it's crazy to think here that tcu is in a position where they need one win in order to be bowl eligible just one season removed from playing uh for it all uh you know I have to ask, though, is this game just going to be full of turnovers between these two teams? Oklahoma's offense should have some more firepower here. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel is expected to play.
0: Well, that I don't know. I have no idea if he's playing or not. He had a lower body injury, whatever that is. Sounds like a hockey thing. Uh, And he obviously left the BYU game last week really, really quickly. In fact, he left that game before I could even, like, find out what the score was i was flipping channels and he was already out of the game so he left that game really early
1: missouri and arkansas missouri minus eight and a half arkansas plus eight and a half over under sitting at 54 and a half. uh well arkansas they've gotten their coach back he's coming back for another season meanwhile that, that's
0: a bad that's a bad thing if you're an Arkansas, yeah sam Pittman should not be a college football head coach uh, which i said a couple of years ago when they were winning games uh it's a joke that they're ring him back Nice guy, it's, he likes to see he likes bourbon and beer, so I could probably have a good time with that guy. But I would want, not want him any part of coaching my favorite college football team.
1: Meanwhile, Missouri continues to play for an invite to a big-time bowl game here. Missouri's offense has scored 30 or more in every SEC game this season except for when they face Georgia. Uh, and then, of course, you have Missouri wide receiver Luther Burden and how good he's been. 77 catches, 1,142 yards, and eight touchdowns.
0: Yeah, the best player they've had is Schrader, who's just been a you know round-chunking machine here lately. He caught a lot of passes a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you, know, you know, Brady Cook, if this is a close game, hold your breath because he actually made the big play last week on 4th and 17 uh, that led to the game-winning field goal against Florida. But in you know, the two games that they've lost, he has been awful in the fourth quarter and been a major contributor, if not the major contributor, to losing those two games.
1: Texas Tech in Texas, Texas Tech plus 12.5, Texas minus 12.5, over-under sitting at 52.5 from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, at 6-5, and five, though, how disappointing of a season has this been for Texas Tech? Uh,
0: they've gone through. This is their fourth quarterback, right? So, you know, including, you know, Shuck, who is a local Valley product who got hurt very early in the season. They've now won three in a row, though, and their defense is actually better than their offense, uh, I'm not sure when the last time we could say the Texas Tech defense is better than their offense. I'm guessing pre uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the last time that happened, so we'll see what's going on there. Texas is running out of players. Uh, they, you know, they do have Quinn Ewers back, but he hasn't looked the same since he's come back. We mentioned last week that Jonathan Brooks, their leading rusher, out for the season. I know they had another guy last week that came in and. Got a bunch of yards, but one of the, you know, he got like 100 yards, but like he got like 70 on one play against Iowa State. Good for him, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in him doing that again. Xavier Worthy, uh, who's going to be a second, third-round draft pick, their best wide receiver. He got injured last week against Iowa State. Also, they lost one of their best offensive linemen, D.J. Campbell, to a leg injury in that game against Iowa State.
1: And when you talk about all of those injuries piling up for Texas, though, at 10-1, and one, they can't afford any missteps here ahead of a Big Big 12 title game and if they still have aspirations there for the CFP.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure it matters if they went out, whether they're going to get in or not. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I think they need a whole lot of other circumstances, and their conference is certainly not helping them any. And no matter who they beat, in conference play their power ranking is not going to move up it's not going to increase
1: oregon state and oregon oregon state uh, plus 13 and a half oregon minus 13 and a half over under sitting at 61 and a half implications on the line in the Pac-12 here. Oregon's hopes remain uh, if they win this game. uh, Obviously they would go to the Pac-12 title game and then depending upon what happens in that game against UW, maybe have an outside chance there for the CFP. But both of these teams have very good rushing attacks. When you look at Damian Martinez, 181 carries on the season, 1,147 yards, 9 touchdowns. Deshaun Fenwick, 89 carries, 497 yards, and five touchdowns and then for Oregon you have Bucky Irving 149 carries 1002 yards and 10 touchdowns and then you have entering Bo Nix at quarterback here he's been playing an elite level of college football this season 78.1 completion percentage 3539 yards 35 touchdowns just two interceptions and just five sacks
0: he played an elite level last year, too. Not these numbers, but he was really good last year. You know, the uh, yeah, I figured this out last week, uh, you know, actually before last week, quite frankly. But Oregon State, while they have good offensive and defensive lines, their skilled possession players, uh, you, know, you know, they their wide receivers and especially their defensive backs, they are not anywhere near Pac-12 level, level quality. And that's, uh, you yeah, know, why they've lost some games this year. I can't imagine they're gonna be able to cover the Oregon receivers. Big revenge game here for Oregon. They blew a twenty-one point game a twenty-one point lead last year in this game at Corvallis and Dan Lanning making one of those boneheaded fourth quarter decisions a year ago completely flipped the game. Just punt the ball and they win the game. He didn't punt the ball and they lost the game.
1: Uh, That'll conclude things on Friday. So to get things started on Saturday for rivalry weekend in college football, it is Ohio. Well, I got
0: one more Friday game. Uh, Quickly, uh, Tulane and UTSA. Uh, I'm on UTSA in this game. I've been waiting for this game for weeks because I don't think the Tulane is very good. Uh, This year in comparison to last year, it's not even close. I know that they're nine and zero this year and Michael Pratt starts. They've won 13 straight games the last two years when he's been the starting quarterback. But they're not nearly as good as they have been. Also, this could be Willard Fritz's last game at Tulane. He's uh, rumored to be headed to Mississippi State. UTSA is very good. Their team is healthy. You know, speaking of coaches, their head coach Jeff trailer has been uh, he's a high school legendary coach in uh, the state of Texas. He's done the UTSA thing now for a few years. He's being prominently mentioned as the uh, next A&M coach, and that might actually happen this weekend after a season ends and UTSA's season also ends. Frank Harris is now back as their healthy starting quarterback. He's accounted for 78 touchdowns in his career. He missed a whole bunch of time earlier this year. And they have a boatload of fifth-year senior starters uh, that are playing their final college football games, and most of those guys are college final college game ever. I grabbed a plus four in this game earlier this week. I'm on U- UTSA in this game.
1: Yeah, and that's the best number cause as it is right now. It's UTSA plus three and a half, Tulane minus three and a half, over-under sitting at 51 and a half for that Friday afternoon contest. Saturday morning, things get started in Big Ten country. Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State plus three and a half. Michigan minus three and a half. Over under sitting at uh, 45 and a half. Ohio State and Michigan here, they have combined to win the past six Big Ten titles. Since 2021, though, they are combined 49-1 in one in Big Ten play when they are not facing each other. There will be no Jim Harbaugh in this contest, so you have to ask how much does that help? How much does that hurt in this particular game? Two teams coming in differently, though, with Ohio State cruising past Minnesota, whereas Michigan more of a sweat against Maryland. How much is health of a concern for J.J. McCarthy? And does that limit him taking away an advantage that they have at quarterback? But also, does it matter if the advantage is to Michigan on both the offense and defensive lines?
0: Well, I think that they definitely have a line of scrimmage advantage, and that's, you know, to me why they've won the last two years after they had lost uh, 15 of the, last pre- the previous 16 matchups in this series. They didn't play during the COVID year uh, because Michigan had some COVID issues and had to cancel that game. Uh, but, you know, the injuries that we talked about earlier this week, uh, for Ohio State, you know, the, length of the Ransom, uh, still one of their starting safeties, he's not expected to play. Michael Hall, uh, who is a excellent pass-rushing defensive lineman, may not play. Uh, he did not play last week against Maryland. I never exactly heard exactly what the deal is with him. as far as far I assume it's injury-related. Uh, but uh, there has, they've been very tight-lipped on his status this week. As far as Michigan goes, their offensive lineman, uh, you know, for basically Ladarius Henderson, who's their best tackle by far. He's an NFL player, their left tackle. He didn't even make the trip last week to Maryland, but he is expected to play this game. His replacement, Miles Hinton, got injured in the second half of that game last week. He's apparently expected to play, and also Roman Wilson, who I think is actually the second best receiver in the pack in, uh, Twi- in the Big Ten, excuse me, behind Marvin Harrison Jr. He was injured in the first half of the game against Maryland and left the game, and uh, he's expected to play on Saturday. I said yesterday when we had a poll question about this game, I have Michigan, unfortunately, winning this game 20-13. to 13. I just think that they physically dominate the line of scrimmage. I think Ohio State's best chance of winning this game would be by throwing the ball. Weather forecast changes like literally every hour. The uh, you know, last time I looked was a couple hours ago, and at that point there was no snow. But earlier this week there was snow and I don't know where to get the wind forecast before like three days before a game, but Ohio State's going to have to throw to win this game, and they need the best weather conditions possible. I don't think the temperature matters that much, but certainly wind and snow or any precipitation would be a big difference for them. Also, these two teams, not very good on offense. Uh, Michigan's total offense is 55th in the country, and Ohio State's 35th. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Here's the other question here. Ohio State, uh, Travion Henderson, he's come back in the last couple of weeks here and uh, rushing with, you know, he obviously is more healthy. So how does that, you know, factor in? Um, Because I know you said that you thought that they needed to throw the ball, though, to have success.
0: I don't think they can run the ball against Michigan. I mean, they weren't able to run the ball against Notre Dame. They really, they've only faced a couple of defenses that are any good, quite frankly, that they also had problems running the goal against Penn State. So that's why I think that they're going to have to throw the ball to win it. McCord's going to have to be good. J.J. McCarthy clearly has been uh, hindered. He got hurt in that Penn State game, when finished that Penn State game. That's what it was, a 30 straight running plays they had in that game. Well, it was partly because McCarthy really couldn't move to you know, roll out and have a pass play. Uh, and then you know he was clearly hampered by his, whatever was going on with him last week and We'll see what's going on with that, but uh, you know he's expected to play, obviously. But he's clearly been less than 100% physically the last two games, or since the first quarter of that Penn State game when he, you know, got rolled up on uh, on a tackle. When he, actually he was running for a first down and got rolled up on the guy that made the tackle. Since then, he's had the, the mobility has been like non-existent
1: more college football rivalry games to get into in friday spread wednesday edition by von hansen's meats and spirits we do it on the other side of the break
0: ready to bring kdus am 1060 into your home with alexa
1: hi i'm alexa
0: download the kdus am 1060 skill and enable then say, alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. this
1: is where i start my day It's the Extra Coin on this Wednesday, November 22nd. Friday Spread Wednesday Edition. Bob and I won't be here on Thursday and Friday in celebration of the Thanksgiving holiday. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, they're taking orders for their famous certified Angus Beef Prime rib. Bone-in or boneless, seasoned or unseasoned prime rib, all for your upcoming holiday celebrations. If you have any special orders, they do those too. So give them a call, 480-917-2525, as well as paying them a visit, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Let's continue with the college football games, and we'll head to the SEC with Texas A&M and LSU. Texas A&M plus 11.5, LSU minus 11.5, over-under sitting at 66.5, with those numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. No Jimbo Fisher for A&M, he's out. For LSU, though, it seems to be very clear that it's all about putting up points and numbers for Jaden Daniels in a Heisman race. 72.6% completion for him, 3,577 yards 36 touchdowns four interceptions 20 sacks he also has 124 carries 1014 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns
0: I also don't know if Mac Johnson's going to play for AM, and he's not exactly my favorite quarterback but he's got to be better than the third string guy because remember Mac Johnson is their second string guy and uh, Max did not play last week because of injury uh, so I've not heard a word whether he's going to play or not this week um, Daniels most likely isn't be able to uh, run wild against the EM defense. Their front seven is pretty good. In fact, their pass rush is really good. Their secondary is terrible. So I'm guessing that Daniels will just throw the ball to his two excellent wide receivers who are both going to be in the NFL next year or whenever they want to. I don't know if they're eligible to be in next year. Whenever they're eligible to be in the draft, they're going to be highly drafted guys.
1: Then we have Alabama and Auburn. Alabama minus 14.5, Auburn plus 14.5, over-under sitting at 48.5. Bama has already clinched the SEC West. They have a date set for the SEC title game, Uh, and so certainly any blemishes now will ruin their CFP hopes. Auburn, though, they're coming into this contest after losing to New Mexico State last week as 26-point favorites in the contest. Uh, It seems like things for Alabama have certainly settled in. Uh, Jalen Milroe, full command of that quarterback job. Uh, 66.4% completion, 2,267 yards, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions, 33 sacks, and the Bama defense, a little bit more like the Bama defense we've come to know.
0: Once they figured out where to put their guys, I mean, that was, you know, they had some, you know, position shifting. I've got to say that slowly. <laughs> uh, position shifting uh, early in the season once they figured out who's best where. Uh, their defense got definitely got better. I have no idea how, how how Auburn scores any points in this game. If they got more than ten, I would be surprised. You know, there's certain places where you can bet under the team total. I don't even know what the team total is, but I, you know, it's hard to imagine that Auburn's going to score two touchdowns in this game. And like I said, more than ten is kind of stretching it. So, yeah, you know, when you get ten points and two hundred and thirteen yards and lose at home to New Mexico State. It's kinda of hard to make a case for uh for Auburn. In fact I can't. <laughs>
1: Certainly the iron bowl has lost a bit of its, uh, luster WSU and UW WSU plus 16 and a half Washington minus 16 and a half over under sitting at 67 and a half. The apple cup though, there were concerns about this ending with, uh, the well WSU, not really having a conference at the moment. UW going to the big 10, but the apple cup has been agreed upon to continue for at least the next five years WSU lost six in a row before beating Colorado last week. WSU needs a win in order to be bowl eligible. Obviously for the Huskies, they can't afford a loss with the Pac-12 title game and CFP on the line after the committee bumping them up to number four as of yesterday. WSU struggling to find consistency on offense and especially on the ground. Meanwhile, have we started to see something on the ground game for the Huskies? Dylan Johnson, he had 256 yards against USC. Then he had 104 the next week and 89 last week against uh, Oregon State there.
0: Well, I think last week, it was kind of just you know, out of necessity because it was really hard for anybody to complete a pass in that game. Even Penix was you know, roughly 50%, and it was just horrendous weather conditions. Uh, you know, Washington State, they haven't won a game by 10 or more points in September, uh, so if people want to factor that in or not. Uh, Washington State, as you mentioned, you know, they had been, you know, they got off to that hot start, and then they had lost a whole bunch of games, and somebody had to win the Colorado-Washington State game last week, and Shadur Sanders got hurt in the first half, and that was never a contest after that.
1: WSU or WSU is on the mind FSU Florida State Florida uh, FSU minus six and a half Florida plus six and a half over under sitting at 49 and a half there's no Jordan Travis for Florida State whose career at FSU is now over after suffering what looks like a horrific leg injury last week insert Tate Rotamaker the quarterback change on the Florida side of things comes after Graham Mertz went down with an injury last week sophomore quarterback Bra- Max Brown is set to get the start florida is one win away from bowl eligibility but i think the bigger question here is what's the status of billy napier and coaching for the gators next season fsu has their season to play for uh, they though were bumped out of the cfp as of yesterday they're now number five
0: yeah but if they went out they're going to be in because the ohio state michigan loser is going to be knocked out so you know if they, they went out they're going to be fine so we'll see what happens with that. They have Louisville in the conference championship game next week. I uh, mentioned uh, Graham Mertz also a bad injury last week with the broken collarbone. Mac Brown used to be at Nebraska, now the starting quarterback. Uh, as far as uh, Napier goes, he and Scott Strickland, the athletic director, Ohio hire Napier. Plenty of discussion in Florida this week that uh, they're going to be gone, both of them. Uh, if they uh, lose this game, there's no bowl game. I got a call yesterday from a colleague, a former colleague of my syndicated days, uh, who's now working in Florida, and uh, informing me that J- Jed Fish, the University of Arizona coach, is being mentioned as a possibility to become the next Florida coach. And I thought, that seems a little crazy. And then he informed me that Jed Fish went to the University of Florida, which I had, I had no idea. He went to the University of Florida. Uh, so that's out there, too.
1: Clemson and South Carolina, Clemson minus seven, South Carolina plus seven, over under sitting at 52 and a half. Since that caller went on the uh, coach's radio show, Clemson has won three in a row. They've in fact scored 31, 42, and 31 points in each of those three games. Phil Moffa, though, at running back, 149 carries, 805 yards, and nine touchdowns for Clemson. On the flip side of this, South Carolina struggled in late September and October, losing four in a row, but they've now won three in a row here in November.
0: Yeah, um, Moff is going to get less carries now because, you know, Will Shipley, their best player, is back from his concussion from a couple of weeks ago, so he's out there. This is a revenge game for Clemson. They lost at home last year to South Carolina at 31-30. That was also the week before Clemson played in the ACC championship game, and it was a much bigger deal for South Carolina than it was for Clemson. Uh, so we'll see what's up with this. But, you know, South Carolina is really bad. And Spencer Rattler does the best he can. They got a really bad offensive line. He's lost a couple of receivers to injury. Uh, they're, uh, I think they're going to get drilled in this game.
1: We will pause there. And when we come back, we'll get into the Thanksgiving Day games for the NFL three contests Packers Lions Commanders Cowboys 49ers Seahawks will also dive into the rest of the NFL as we continue Friday spread Wednesday edition once again Friday spread Von Hansen's meats and smirits it's not your normal meat market pay them a visit 2390 North Alma School in Chandler in addition to that with the holiday season here Von Hansen's is taking orders for their famous certified Angus beef prime rib bone in or boneless seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for all your holiday celebrations they'll take special orders too so give them a call at 480-917-2525 visit them at vonhansonsmeats.net. nfl on the other side of the break it is the extra point bob kemp kayla mortellaro with you
0: Your caddy Ray Adams takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Wrapping up hour number one of the extra point on this Wednesday, November 22nd, Bob Camp Caleb. The show this week as we're off on Thursday and Friday for the Thanksgiving holiday, which leads us into our Friday spread Wednesday edition. We just tackled some college football spreads. Now we're headed to our Thanksgiving day NFL spreads. Let's talk about the Packers and the Lions. Packers, seven and a half. Lions, minus seven and a half. Over under sitting at 46 and a half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The Lions rank second in the NFL in yards per game at 390. 99.6 yards. The Lions ranked 5th in scoring with 27.2 points per game, but they certainly have some room to improve in the red zone as they are ranked 17th in red zone touchdown efficiency coming in at just 52.9% of the vote. Meanwhile, er v- completion percentage. Meanwhile, Jordan Love who ranks 32nd in the NFL in completion percentage at just 59.7%, he did have a career high 322 yards against that Charter. Chargers defense last week.
0: Does that count still? Because it's a Chargers defense.
1: It, it technically counts, and they are an NFL team.
0: Okay, there you go. Against that genius Brandon Staley, Mr. Defense. Um, unfortunately, he's going to be without Aaron Jones, who suffered the knee injury last week. He's not going to play. I'm assuming that Luke Musgrave's not going to play either, because you know he was in a hospital. Uh, with a significant abdomen injury. Uh, So I'm guessing he's not going to play either. So we'll see. The first time they played this year, Detroit just ran it right down Green Bay's throat uh, in Green Bay. Packers have gotten better on the rush defense since then, but why wouldn't they just try to do that again? I assume that they will do that, try to do that again. Uh, And also Jared Goff had three picks last week, and they were lucky to win. And uh, they came back and won because – Largely because Matt Ever excuse me, uh the Bears coach made some boneheaded decisions with clock management. He went to the Dan Lanning School of uh Clock management without going for it on fourth down. He just screwed it up before fourth down.
1: Uh, well, to your point about the Lions with David Montgomery, know he's missed some time there in the middle of the first half of this season. But in seven games so far, it's 118 carries for him, 577 yards, eight touchdowns, uh, and he's averaging 82.4 yards per game.
0: I would imagine that those red zone numbers are you know a lot better when he's been playing and when he's not playing this year.
1: I will say this part, the Lions are enticing as a teaser leg uh, to set things up for the weekend. The Commanders and the Cowboys...
0: Teaser leg on Thanksgiving Day?
1: Exactly, yes. Not a turkey leg, okay. a teaser leg.
0: There you go. All right. There you go. Get that right. <laughs> you them both.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Commanders plus 12 and a half Cowboys minus 12 and a half over under sitting at 48 and a half. Uh, you know, the Cowboys have certainly been able to take advantage of bad teams uh, below 500 teams. They've been able to blow them out. So, the question here is Do the commanders qualify as a bad football team? Sam Howell has been sacked 51 times. According to Next Gen Stats, he has 2.77 seconds to throw per average. Um, then you have the Dallas defense with 33 sacks, led by Micah Parsons' 10 sacks. And the commanders have a scoring differential of minus 69 then flipping this to the Cowboys side of things Duran Bland he's been inserted because of the injury to Diggs uh, he has an NFL tying fourth pick six this season and as for Dak Prescott he's completing 71 point 70.1 percent of his passes 19 touchdowns six picks and 22 sacks on the season
0: this seems to be just a horrible matchup for Washington you know there I mentioned last week uh, last week before they played on Sunday against Tommy DeVito, who picked them apart, uh, that they have the worst secondary in the league. And then they gave up a bunch of yards and touchdowns to Tommy DeVito. Uh, you know, they did sack him a few times, but uh, when he was able to throw the ball, it was pretty free sailing for the Giants of all teams. And also the fact that the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the commanders can't pass protect. And that's certainly one of the strengths of the Cowboys, not just, uh, you know, Parsons, they got Lawrence and other dudes, and they also, you know, they blitz frequently. Uh, so, you know, they did a thing with Lawrence last week, by the way. Play a lot more in the middle of the line. Remember, they played the, the Cardinals, for instance. Cardinals didn't even bother to block him. They didn't care because they just figured that, you know, that Parsons would just basically run himself out of plays trying to sack the quarterback. And then a couple other teams have done that since with some success. So last week, Dan Quinn put uh, Parsons over the guard in the center a couple of times. And they didn't know what those, those guys have no chance to block him in pass protection last week. And I'm assuming that'll be a, a similar strategy this week. Also, the Cowboys schedule gets much more difficult after this game. Uh, five of their next six games are uh, against good teams. Uh, next week against Seattle, who I think is a good team, maybe not. Then they play uh, three straight home games, though, against Philadelphia. Uh, that'll be the third straight home game after they play Seattle next week. Then they go to Buffalo. Then they go in December, they go to Miami, and then they play at home against Detroit. Uh, so their schedule gets much more difficult after to, after tomorrow.
1: Well, the 49ers and the Seahawks, they are the last Thanksgiving game 49ers minus seven Seahawks plus seven over under sitting at 43 and a half Pete Carroll said that he is optimistic Geno Smith plays on Thursday added that there's no structural issue but just a sore elbow according to Pete Carroll there Carroll also said that Kenneth Walker it doesn't appear to be an IR option right now but he is not likely to play here on Thursday because of that Walker 10 games 149 carries 613 yards so Zach Charbonnet will be getting the load he's at nine games 261 yards on 53 carries meanwhile the Seahawks defense is giving up 112.6 yards per game on the ground and you have the success that the 49ers have seen since getting Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back they have 144 rushing yards and 115 rushing yards in those two games
0: and they crushed him last year uh, San Francisco crushed Seattle in all three meetings they just ran the ball at will George Kittle has a tremendous history against uh, Seattle, if you care about any of that, with Brock Purdy, even with Jimmy Jeeve, God forbid. He was good then, and once again, the uh, the Seattle schedule really gets tough starting tomorrow. San Francisco, and then they play at Dallas, home against San Francisco again, and then home against Philadelphia.
1: The 49ers also seem like a nice teaser leg as well. Maybe you could do a Thanksgiving teaser leg, turkey leg, Something like that. We'll get into more NFL to kickstart hour number two. We'll also make room for Brian Bluis of Pro Football Network set to join us uh, around 1215 today for NFL Prop Talk. It is The Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060.